Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. everyone welcome back to my show don't be a whippy christian i am your host oriana coleman and we are now on season three of don't be a whippy christian as usual i have a non-whippy christian if you have not tuned into this show before you know that my definition well let me let you know that my definition of a non-whippy christian is someone who is not afraid to step out on faith and to follow god with their calling and today i have none other than my scene sister we call her neek but i'm gonna let her introduce <laughs> herself professionally how are you today love i'm good how are you I'm doing well. I'm so thankful that um, you agreed to be on the show. It's so funny because you were when we were talking, you were like, thank me for the opportunity. But in my head, I'm always lucky for someone to say yes, because I'm just as humble. I, I tell people, no matter how many people I interview, no, many, no matter how many people get on the shows that I have, I'm always going to be mm -hmm. elated over a yes. So thank you again right. for agreeing to be on the show. We have been busy, girl. <laughs> we have. I, I want to give everybody a little backstory of me and my my sister Neek. So Neek, I call her my sister because we're seeing sisters, seeing 65 of mad drama out of Jackson State University. <laughs> we both were, we both, I think I was a sophomore when I met you because I, oh, I was a junior. I transferred to Jackson State. Um, mm -hmm. I can't remember, like what, what classification was you, Neek? I was a junior. Okay, so we were both juniors, both ambitious. Um, 65, we got a little bit that just sticks, even if we don't <laughs> talk to each other. When we get back to back with each other, we hold each other down like we did in the beginning. So mm -hmm. I'm so mm -hmm. thankful that we have that bun. And I'm just proud of you, Neek. Even from Jackson State, you've always been ambitious. But I just want you to kind of update me as well as the audience on what you've been doing and what you do today. Okay, okay. Well, I first want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I've never done anything like this. So <laughs> I must admit that I am kind of nervous. Um, let me just, you know, bottle that all in. I'm Lanique Irvin, everyone. Um, as Oriana said, they call me Neek. I'm from Itabena, Mississippi. Um, came to Jackson State in 2013. Um, and I met Oriana doing our little process or whatever, um, orientation to mad drama. She was a writer and I was, um, in terms, the actor, the actress, whatever. And Oriana always was so passionate. I mean, that's, that's just my word to describe her. She was just passionate, um, about everything, <laughs> about everything. And I know we used to mess with her all the time, like, Oriana. Gonna be okay, it's gonna be okay. But that was just a passion. And I just I just want to say one thing about Oriana. She is a go-getter. I remember I was um everybody that was in mad drama was kind of like um either journalism or speech communication, but I was communicative disorder. But I remember Oriana getting together trying to make um the school of journalism its own separate um school and that was just so inspiring to me to have a student you know push the issue and now 
it's in motion and we have Oriana and some more people to thank for that but I just remember her being the face of that and I'm proud of you Oriana um for everything that you you know accomplished you know you're married with your two beautiful children and you just you're just going after everything that you said you would and it's so amazing to see that Thank you, Nikki. So humble because I introduced you to introduce yourself. <laughs> you started talking. I know, I know. I know. God, let's give each other the flowers. So some of the things that I've been noticing for you is you've just been fighting through trials. And on Facebook, you've been so transparent about what you've been going mm -hmm. through. I haven't read every single status, but when I do get to one of your statuses in there long, I try to make sure I stop and I read. And I know your mm -hmm. most recent accomplishment is getting your master's degree. And in a mm -hmm. really important field, and mm -hmm. it's so ironic that this is May 2021, and it's the month of mental health awareness. So this is the perfect time to not only have you as a guest, but to talk about mm -hmm. these things. So first and foremost, I want to say thank you. It's so funny because half of the stuff that I've done, I forget. I was like, I was. I was like, <laughs> was like I was. But then I remember, I was like, oh yeah, I remember. It was a struggle, but I don't. I thank God for what he's done, but I'm always focused on the next chapter. One thing I want to learn how to do is celebrate what he's given me because I'm so used to accomplishing something and going to the next goal that I don't sit back and be like, okay, well, you've done it. Mm -hmm. So I'm so grateful mm -hmm. that you even brought that memory up because I was not thinking about that at all. <laughs> I was not thinking about that. I was like, what is she talking about? What did I do? But um, we had some great times, Neek. And like I said, I've caught up with you. Um, I've been catching up with you on Facebook, but it's so imperative to have this, this conversation, that face-to-face -face thing. And I just mm -hmm. feel like your story needs to be on this platform for you to share. So first and foremost, I told myself since this is season three of Don't Be a With the Christian, I'm gonna start off with the first question of you telling me what a nun with the Christian is to you. So if you had a if you had a word or a sentence to describe a nun with the Christian, what would you say? Okay. Um a nun with the Christian Christian, that just would be someone who's, like you said, not afraid. They're not a wimp. They're not weak. No matter what's thrown at them or what's coming. I mean, you get knocked down 20 times, you, you're still strong. Yeah. No matter if everybody in your everybody in your circle leads you, you're still going to be strong in God and strong in your beliefs. Nothing, that no, nothing can stop you from believing and from having faith in that you can do whatever you want to do. That's what I think a nun with the Christian is. I mean, sometimes you have people who they lose their job so now god is just this big bad person you know you know you still have to have that faith that this is the same god who's there when i'm up and this is the same god who's going to be there when i'm down yeah. so that that would be my definition i felt so much passion as you said what that definition is for you so let's go into that where did that passion come from me to have because you've been there i can tell by the way you yeah. describe what it was that you've been there so talk to me about it it's just <laughs> It's crazy. It's just life. Yeah. You know, it's just life. It's it's everything that I've been through. Mm -hmm. Everything that I've seen. Um, I've seen so many people um that I grew up with who were Christian, mm -hmm. who and you know, turned to other things and turned to other beliefs because of partially because of something that, you know, happened to them. And I'm like, no matter it's this song by um uh, Tremaine Hawkins. Mm -hmm. um, 
I never lost my faith. Mm. I never lost my praise, no matter what has happened to me. And it's been so, so much. I mean, I don't even, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just been so much. Yeah, it's, 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 it's everything that God has brought me through. Yeah. Well, I can, in, in, in my opinion, I feel like to be in a field like you're in, you have to have some type of personal connection to do what you do on an everyday basis. So mm-hmm. let's go into that. First, I want to, okay. I want you to let our audience know what you are, what's your title. Okay. Um, the field you, of course, I said mental health, but you know the specifics and why you decided to get into that field. Okay, um, I'm a crisis therapist at the moment, so I work at Region Four Mental Health Center, and I'm responsible for crisis therapy, and that may mean someone who's at a mental break. Mm-hmm. It, it looks like someone who's suicidal, and it looks like someone who's in psychosis, someone who's um, hallucinating or having delusion, I'm the first person that they see. And so that can be a short-term therapy, something like two months, three months, or that can be me getting them into inpatient therapy. Um, What fueled me to do mental health, it's crazy because in undergrad, I was communicative disorder. So that's pre-professional for speech pathology. Yeah. Um, in 2015, I had an, an older sister to pass. I'm the youngest of 10. Wow. So, I, I, <laughs> I should have known that. You my whole sister. <laughs> yes, I'm the youngest of 10. So my sister, she was maybe 39 mm-hmm. when she passed. And we were close. This was the sister who named me. Um, this was the sister who knew me inside and out. And nothing against my other siblings. Because we were close as well, but she was just, she was just my rock. Yeah, she, like, you know. Yeah, she was just my rock. Like, that was my home skillet. When I was, when I was sick, when I had surgery, she was there. And seeing, seeing her decline the way she did um, struck me. Mm-hmm. It, it, it really, it really did something to me. And she, 2015, that was the year before I was about to graduate college. Yeah. And I just remember her pulling away from us, her not coming to Thanksgiving, not coming to Easter, mm-hmm. Christmas. And I really didn't know at the time what the signs of depression um, you know, looked like. But after I look back, my sister was definitely depressed. And she was depressed to the point where she started to turn into, um, turn to opioids to different kind of pain meds or muscle relax or whatever the control sub- substance may be. And seeing her decline with three children, um, it really did something to me. Yeah. Um, and ultimately her death shocked us because she was in and out of the hospital, but mainly we knew that it was for the pills. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Um, it was just, it was just, Seeing that, seeing her depressed, kind of make made me want to say, "Well, if what what could we have done to help her?" Mm-hmm. So that that's kind of what fueled it. And my own struggles, my own things I had growing up. I grew up very very depressed. My mom, this is probably my, if my mom hears this, this is the first time she'll ever hear me say this. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up very very depressed, very very self-conscious about myself and 
I just wanted to know what can I do to help someone else? What can I do to help this, this person who may have four children or may have a spouse, help them not give up? So that fueled me to study mental health counseling. And now that I'm in the field, I know that this is a field that I can help. I know that this is a field that God can use me in. You know, mental health is needed everywhere. Everywhere. So, yeah, that, that, that seeing, my, seeing my sister is what led me yeah. into this. Let mm. me tell you, you know, it, as you were sharing your story, I thought to myself, you know, God can use everything for our good. Because mm -hmm. I know that was a tough, and even as you talk, I can see the emotion still on your face, and I wouldn't be surprised if we shared a tear before we end this <laughs> interview, but go, knowing that you went through that, that was such a hard time, but God, you had to go through that for God to get you where you are today. You wasn't mm -hmm. thinking about mental health like that. Even though, when you look back, you mentioned in your childhood that you went through depression but that still didn't that still wasn't like the the thing that led you to mental health it took your sister to go through it to mm -hmm. be like wait a minute i want to save somebody else so they won't have to go through what i went through with my sister i want people to know what are the signs of depression what are the signs of anxiety panic attacks there's so many different things like especially with us being african-american women our culture don't mm -hmm. don't really believe in mental health you know, they don't believe you could be feeling a little off or you depressed, you know, um, even though this is a Christian show, I still don't want to tell people to just pray about it and let it go. Because that's not, God has equipped us with so much more. Like, yes, we pray about it, but God will give us the resources we need. And mm -hmm. I, every time I think about when people say that, I think about like, okay, if you pray about something, you have faith, you have faith in it. But the word also says faith without works is dead. So that means you mm -hmm. have to put some works in it. So if you've prayed about it and you have the faith, when God reveals to you what you need to do, he might send, like, I, I feel like we have a lot of modern day angels just walking around here in life. Like they mm -hmm. can be someone you've never seen before. It could be your sister. It could be anybody. But I feel like God will send you an angel to tell you what you need to do and go for it. Don't go with that cliche of someone saying, oh, you don't need to talk to a psychiatrist or you don't need to talk yes, to you a do. You know what I'm saying? You gotta talk to these yes, you do. You gotta talk to these people. So did you did you face that a little bit of, of having that title of therapist of people saying, nah, you don't need to do that because we don't need to see therapy or anything like that? Any backlash <laughs> Yes, when I um, when I said I was going to do mental health counseling, okay, I come from a whole family of superintendents, principals, teachers. Almost everybody in my family is mm -hmm. of that background. We we rarely have nurses, you know, any other discipline. Uh -huh. So from my mom being the superintendent, the principal, my sisters being the teachers, and all of that, mm -hmm. that was a big deal, and it was it was kind of. It was kind of like she wanted me to do this. Oh, girl, you get an education. Yeah. You're gonna have your summers off, which which is true. I I'm know. Jealous of the teacher. That's I'm jealous of the teacher. <laughs> <laughs> but that that's not my passion. I did teach for a year. Um, I taught special education inclusion. It wasn't my passion. It wasn't something that I, I dreaded going to work. Mm -hmm. It wasn't something that I wanted to do. So. I still receive I still receive backlash when I'm um, on a crisis call and I have this parent um, telling me about their daughter who is doing this and doing that. Oh, there's nothing wrong with her. She's just on them drugs. She's just 
you know, this and that. It's it's deeper than that. And it's 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 the real thing. Go back when you said it's deeper than that. Start on because the the um the video froze up when you said it's deeper than that. Okay. Okay. It is deeper than just, you know, somebody having a breakdown. It's more than just a breakdown. We we need to see what's going on. Um, I, I just I see it every day. People are not prepared for the conversation. Conversation. People are not ready to admit that they need help. That's 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 one thing, especially in our black men. I encounter so many men on a daily who I go out to the house. They have a gun in their hand, um, or they have a knife at their wrist. I see it, you know, and they just don't know. I've lost my job and I want to kill myself. Mm. Wait, talk to me. It, we don't have to, we don't have to, you, you're skipping some steps. You know, in my head, that's what I'm saying. Let's, let's, let's figure this out. And it's, it's so crazy because people still look at it as the crazy house mm. or, you know, a shrink. People still call therapy shrink. Yeah. You know, it's 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 it, it, it's something that I encounter every day, and I've just started to get respect for what I do. Should I, I should say because before the whole, I think it's our generation. Honestly, mm -hmm. I think it's our generation that's bringing the mental health to um you know into into play. That just putting it at the front forefront. We don't mind quitting jobs. We don't mind calling off. You know, <laughs> girl, because, that's a whole other conversation, <laughs> right? And, and I, I think, think it's peace over anything. <laughs> exactly, and that's the whole that's the whole agenda. I think we're pushing. You know, my mental health becomes comes before anything, yeah. and it's it's just unfortunate that a lot of us aren't you know aren't knowledgeable about it. And I, I really wish that I could do more than what I'm doing now. And I think this is, and what you're doing now gives people, people like me, an opportunity to spread awareness um, and let people know that, girl, it's okay. Go talk to somebody. I'm a therapist, and guess what? I talk to somebody. That was my next question. That was my next. <laughs> I was gonna ask you. You know, I know that even though this is your profession, it still affects you mentally too to deal with so many different people. So, how are you invested in your self care? And you just answered it that you have a therapist. Um, is there any other things you have for self care to make sure you're mentally sane to do your profession? Um, I take at least every two months. I take a vacation. Okay. Rather, it's two is two hours or one hour mm -hmm. um it doesn't even have to be anywhere traveling but i'm gonna take me some days off and you need those days i know back in the day our parents rarely miss work oh i'm going in my leg my i don't care my leg broke i'm going in I'm no you you need those days to just debrief you need those moments and as i was going through therapy my therapist is great she's great <laughs> she told me the first the uh how you spend your first 20 minutes of your day or what you take in the first 20 minutes, 20 minutes of your day sets the tone for your day. So um, with the generation that we're in and the time we're in podcast, that's my go-to. Wow. If I'm ever having rushing thoughts or if I'm ever just nervous about the day, because sometimes I do just wake up nervous, mm -hmm. just wake up like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen today and I'm in a nervous wreck as I'm getting ready. I put my AirPods in and I um listen to Les Brown, um, 
Sarah Jakes Roberts. Yeah. It's so many in the podcast. Yeah, I'm going to start. I'm going to start with this on podcast too. <laughs> so you can. Yeah. Like your first 20 minutes, girl, when you wake up, put something in your ear. Yeah. Something positive. Even if you're about to have a bad day, just put putting something in your ear to reframe your thinking. Mm-hmm. That's what helps, helps me. And my therapist, I don't know what I, where I would be without her i hope i never have to discharge from her because she's awesome yeah that's amazing um Mm -hmm. i actually just called i have a friend who's a therapist i didn't know the rules i didn't know that like if you had a personal relationship with someone of that profession they can't be your therapist or if they do right relationship anymore because she Mm -hmm. she beat it around the bush for almost two months on being my therapist and one day i just texted and i was like why haven't you sent me your race (laughs) (laughs) she, she called me she's like I can't be your therapist, but she recommended yeah. someone, and I actually spoke to someone about two or three days ago, who I am going to add to my self-care budget next month. Um, before the summer's over, I know for sure, I'm going to start a self-care budget, and that's funds that I'm mm-hmm. going to put towards just making sure I'm mentally sane. We, we were just talking about it. I'm a wife. Um, I'm a mother of two children. I am still working a nine-to-five, sort of speak, not really, but it's, you know, with the radio... <laughs> Yeah, I say it because it's, it's literally not nine to five. It really isn't. But it is a career. <laughs> I still have to do my job, things of that nature. Plus, I have businesses on the side. So I got to stay sane to do to fulfill all these mm-hmm. roles that I have. So I, it's, it's becoming a priority for me. Me, I went into the I started experiencing. Well, let me backtrack and I'm going to be real brief because um, I want to keep the conversation going. But um mm-hmm depression led me to Christ honestly after we graduated and it's so funny because you mentioned my path in the beginning of how great I was at Jackson State what you didn't know is that I was having anxiety attacks in my in my dorm room that like mm-hmm. I would be on on the phone with my we was Chris and I was engaged so I was being I'd be on the phone with Chris just like having him calm me down because I was so stressed out like I don't know if you remember but I didn't just do mad drama. I did a lot of stuff. You did everything. <laughs> I did everything. <laughs> you did everything. And I had literally just got there. So I came in as a transfer junior and I just hit the road running like everything. And girl, the day of graduation, what I did after I walked, first of all, it was hot. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, Lord. It was past hot. It was so hot. Oh my God. <laughs> I will never, I'll never forget our graduation. But instead of me celebrating the night of our graduation, I Chris, Chris, we ended up getting a room because we didn't go home, but we ended up getting a room and I went to sleep. I didn't go to a graduation party. The next day I didn't have one at my hometown. I just slept for like a whole weekend until Sunday evening. And I finally got up and I felt okay. Not even my best, but I felt okay. Cause I was just tired. Mm-hmm. I had no energy. It was mm-hmm. a picture that I took that Saturday when I had woke up from one of my naps where if you look, you'll see how low my eyes was. Like I was girl, mm-hmm. I was just tired. And um, I'm thankful for everything I did at Jackson state and things of that nature. But if I could go back and do anything over, I would have slowed down. I would have slowed Slow down. down. I wouldn't have tried to do everything under. I mean, I formed an organization there. Like I did so much. I half of the stuff. You I did a lot, Oriana. But I would have just slowed <laughs> down. Like I probably went to two of the hundred kickbacks that we had as a as a. As a <laughs> 
because I was always mm-hmm. doing something, not because I didn't want to come, but I was always doing something. Even when I did come to the kickback, I'll be on my phone or I'll, I'll be thinking about something else. Like I'll literally mm-hmm. put y'all on a time frame. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me apologize. I'm so sorry. But back then I just didn't, it came from, from the past. Like mm-hmm. when going to college, wasn't just going to college for me. It was, it was mm-hmm. a part of, it was a part of getting out. Like I knew mm-hmm. that I seen what I what I went through when I was younger. I seen the path that my mom took, my dad took, my grandparents took, and I didn't want to take those paths. So I was a first generation everything. And my goal was to, mm-hmm. to just graduate, to make it, to use this degree to get a good job, to do that, to do that. Like it was all about a stepping stone for me. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be in mm-hmm. this to get this, to get that. And like I said, if I go back, if I could do anything, I would just slow down. I don't regret it. But it did lead mm-hmm. to depression. The I realized I was in depression maybe two weeks after I graduated. I was real sad. I didn't know my next move. I mean, I graduated Victorian. I didn't have a next move. It, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember a voice, and now I know that's the Holy Spirit, but a voice told me, you're either going to choose me or you're going to choose depression. At the time, my Bible used to sit as a decoration. Never opened it, but I always had it real, like, by my nightstand. Like, it was just there. And, um... When I thought of the voice saying me or depression, me was that Bible. And I picked up the Bible and I haven't put it down. And I've increased my faith and I've grown with God. And it led to where we are today. So I thank God for for that, for even letting me experience what depression was. Because if, if I don't know right. if I would have been as committed to God like I am now, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's another example of you going through something and God make turn it out for his good. And you're right. right. I want to put this conversation on all the platforms we can put them on so people can hear it. Like we're in our twenties and we're talking about mental health. I'm so proud of us. Like our parents weren't talking like this when they were our age. They weren't at all. They weren't talking about about quitting jobs to get your peace right. They weren't talking about that. Like money don't drive me. Peace do. Money does not drive me. Money is going to come if I'm doing what God has called me to do. But it is not number one. And I feel like the difference between our generation and our parents' generation was they was focused on, like, the money. And they was, you know, trying to mm-hmm. provide. And they, they just, they, they were just in survival mode. And I feel like right. us, people, we're, we're starting to be like, you know what? We ain't got to struggle like that no more. We're not in those times mm-hmm. where we got to work our butts to the bone until we're sick and in the hospital to make it. We don't have to do that no more. We're smart. We're talented. Mm-hmm. We're ambitious. We can make money in our sleep now. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Let's do right. it. If two years from now, you, you're doing what you're doing, but you also got something on the side that you got going on where you can make money while you sleep. Like, that's the type of generation mm-hmm. we are. Like, it's like mm-hmm. more entrepreneurially than anything nowadays, you know? Mm-hmm. It is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, girl, I'm just super thankful. Um, what are some, what I'm going to make sure I do is make sure I have like links to like the, you know, different call centers and things like that for people when I post mm-hmm. on social media. But what is, is there anything that I didn't pinpoint? Like we are both so humble because we didn't start naming degrees. <laughs> we didn't name awards or anything like that. But right. I want to highlight that you do have your master's. <laughs> and say congratulations on that. Um, you shared a little bit about your your story and your Facebook post, but take me back to that moment when you was creating that Facebook post to let everybody know. I know you were proud of yourself, but I just want to. <laughs> okay, let me let me go back because it, it, you kind of pinpointed. Um, 
kind of touched on it a little bit while you were talking. Um, when I started my master's degree, master's degree, I was in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, the relationship was very, very toxic. So I started my I started my master's degree in 2017. Um, what's what's so funny is my first my first day in class, and the teacher was um, introducing. It was intro to clinical mental health counseling, mm-hmm. and she was like, "Your life is about to change." Wow. And she said, "Relationships are going to change. You may not even be in a relationship with the person that you're with now." She's like, "Your your whole outlook is going to change." Mm-hmm. She said, "You're going to lose some friends, you know." And I'm just like, "Okay, this is a speech that you know everybody here." <laughs> <laughs> Lo and behold, this lady was telling the truth. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm the type of person that I love really hard, and our relationship ended in 2019. When it ended, that was in 2018. When it ended, that was the beginning of that was my first time going to therapy because I did not know which way to turn. Mm-hmm. If you want to look up the definition of depression, you're probably gonna see my name. Yeah. When I tell you I couldn't eat, I couldn't sleep, I was suicidal, and not just because I didn't have this person anymore, I just I didn't have myself. Yeah. I didn't know who I was. I was working a job um, in the mental health field, my first mental health job. It was, I was a case manager. Mm-hmm. When I tell you the job was so, it was. I'm back, you're back. The, you can start okay. talking about the job. <laughs> the job was so, so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. It, it was so depressing. I was getting paid like, Ten dollars, eleven dollars an hour, and I had like a hundred people on my caseload. Treatment plans. It was just horrible. When I say horrible, it was a horrible, horrible time in my life, and I just felt like I had nobody. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was failing. And then another thing that kind of gets us is um, social media. Seeing yeah. your peers excel. Seeing the people I went to Jackson State with making a hundred k, and I'm back making. And I still like that girl. I, girls, kudos. You're not there, but I'm gonna get there. <laughs> yeah, like it. That that can that can lead you into depression, and that can lead you into feeling less about yourself. You know. But now I know that it's all God timing. But I was just I was just in a bad place yeah. during my um tenure in my master's degree. Um, one day. My supervisor came to me and she just said a lot on my desk. And she was like, you got to have this done in three days. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's no way I was going to get it done. But me being me, I'm like, I'm not a quitter. I was trying so hard until I came back into the office one day. And I had a whole panic attack on the floor. My coworker was there. And she was like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I could not catch my breath. If you ever had a panic attack, then anxiety attack, then you know. Like, you you, you get physical symptoms. Mm-hmm. You you know, you, you, like you just, oh. Yeah, like, I couldn't. My joints locked up. Mm-hmm. Your, your joints lock up. You, you have labor breathing. And I was just like, when I, when I finally calmed down, I had a massive headache. I was like, you know what? This is not worth it. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, the main reason for me getting a job is because I had to um, complete an internship. And I said, I'm going to stay here until I complete my internship and I'm going to leave. I could not make it. Yeah. I could not. And I, I put my notice in effective immediately. <laughs> I said, thank you for your opportunity. But I got to go before I blow my brains out. Yeah. Um, 
dealing with the breakup and the stresses of the job, I was just out of it. I, I, I couldn't sleep. I was up to like four o'clock in the morning. Then had to be at work at eight. So I quit my job. And unfortunately, I had to move back home to my hometown. It been. Mm-hmm. I did not like it being a, but let me tell you this. God used me it being. I um people don't know, but I dance. I posted a lot of dances, uh, praise dance, um that I've done in the year that I was at home. When I tell you I I feel like I inspired so many young ladies that I that was under me because they well they actually told me, you know. And I try not to celebrate myself a lot. I gotta stop it. Because I should celebrate myself, but they they helped me. Yeah. And I I felt like I, I you know, um I was supposed to be helping them, but they helped me. They helped me see that there, there is a gift inside of me. And it wasn't just dance. I mean I had to talk to them about, oh, y'all don't know the conversation that I had to have with those little girls. Yeah. But God used me while I was um in Itabina. And as I was flexing, I was like, I didn't want to move back home. But God had something for me to do at home. He had some people for me to reach. He had some friends for me to reach. You know, I had to let go of some people. Mm-hmm. I've, I, I've been friends with two people for, with this, uh, this group, it was three of us, but seventh grade. Mm-hmm. When I said, if you've lost a friend, then you know, that's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like, what did I do? to just lose everybody it's like I lost everybody at one time mm-hmm. and I'm like God what what is going on is it me you know I'm starting to blame myself I'm starting to examine myself and I remember my mama always told me you're not gonna have those same people you know you, you you're gonna grow up yeah. your God is gonna move people out of your life and I'm like nah these my girls you know yeah ride or die yeah. they they ain't going nowhere but when I tell you I lost everybody and I was just forced to sit by myself mm-hmm. it's like I was forced to just be me yeah me and God and I had to seek him I had to pray every day just to just to make it just to even y'all I was so scared to go to sleep because when I well I was scared to go to bed because when I lay down, it's like everything just it was like imagine um sitting in a restaurant and everybody's just talking to you. Mm-hmm. Like every that's how that's how it was when I laid down. And so I would work myself or I would be out all day until I just tire myself out, you know, so I wouldn't have to hear what my mind was gonna tell me. It was such a terrible time, y'all. I don't even know how to explain it. But when God stepped in and I, I had to realize that, look, if your mind ain't right, you can't help nobody. You got to get your mind right. And he helped me. He came in. He helped me. He came in. He, he changed my thinking. You know, he helped me to have, to have a better day daily. When I tell you, it was like, it wasn't, it wasn't overnight. But when I tell you, my anxiety stopped week by week I could month, I was monitoring the progress of course because of uh, therapy but like week by week I just saw everything get better and I noticed my journals my journals were three pages then they started to get two pages then they started to get one page because I didn't have that much to even ramble in my mind about and when I um the pandemic I had to find an internship y'all 
uh, it was like the day, the week before school started, I did not have an internship. I said, I'm not going to graduate. I was crying. I called my mom. I said, mom, nobody is taking interns due to the pandemic. I said, nobody is allowing people to come in their office. I said, I don't know how I can do this virtually without any licenses, but no coming. I said, Lord, I'm not going to graduate until 2022. And I and I said, Lord, if if this is if it's meant for me to graduate now, then I know you're gonna work it out. It was a Thursday. School started that Monday. Uh, somebody from Jackson State called me and said, Hey, I got you an internship position at the Latasha Norman Center. Y'all, when I said y'all was knocked off my feet, I was like, It's virtual. <laughs> how what you can't get it any better than that yeah. you know it's virtual you don't have to go anywhere every day I still can because at the time when I moved home I started working with my mom I said I don't have to abandon my mom you know and I can do my internship virtually <laughs> I was just blown away and, and that was my big <laughs> yeah right look at the Latasha Norman Center I was like this is an amazing opportunity and it just made me realize that no matter what, if you keep your faith in God, you know, because I could have given up. I could have said, well, I'll just wait. But no, I kept praying and I kept, I just kept believing that he was going to work it out. And so I did the internship. Um, things in Itabina did not go the way. Like I said, I lost my friends. Um, my friends were from Itabina. So I felt like I was alone. And things were not going how I wanted them to be in Itabina. So I said, you know what? I got to go. I said, like in August, I said, I'm not going to be here in December. Yeah. I said, I don't care what go on. I'm not going to be here. I, I started applying. I say October. I was getting calls. I was getting interviews, but I was never, never getting called back. And call, uh, interview after interview, no call, no call. Application after application. And I was like, well, I, um, I said, maybe it's just meant for me to be here another year. I said, I've done one year. Let's just see how it's going to go. I think my virtual graduation was December 11th. On December 10th, y'all, I got a call. Mm. And I was like, this is amazing. Because people talk about man manifestation to the universe. But if that's what you want to do, do that. But me, mm. I'm, 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 I'm going to manifest with God and with God's yeah. word. Because manifestation is real, but it means nothing if God is not involved. You know, nobody I don't I don't I can't explain yeah no other way that other than that was God because mm -hmm. I kept saying God I, yes I think I'm saying God I want to move I want to get out I want to be in my field I don't did not want to be two years doing something else totally unrelated you know to what I went to school for I worked too hard I did three years two semesters of internship a practical like you gotta help me out here. Yeah. And that's the authority that I feel like that we have to take. You know, he's he's giving us that authority. So it's okay to be like, God, you gotta help me through this because you're the only person that can help me. And I said, if this is your will, then you're gonna let me have it. <laughs> you know, and the day before graduation, I, I I got it. And ever since I've been so happy. I was blessed with um an apartment, affordable. I was blessed with a car, a new car. And everything just has been falling in place. I'm not where I want to be, but I am in such a better place. And once, when, when I hear my clients say, thank you so much, or you're so, you know, that's all, that's all that I need. Yeah. That's all that I need to keep me going. Yeah. It's, it's just so amazing 
what'll happen once you just take your hand off your own life. You not, not, you know, Woo. but just let somebody, let God take, do it for you. It's not so You'll be so, God, so let God. Yeah, let God do it for you because you'll be in such a better place. And I just, I just thank him for, for what he did because especially giving, getting me out of that depressive mode when I was thinking about killing myself and I was thinking about, I could be driving and I had to stop in the middle of the road because something would be telling me to just go ahead and run off. And mm-hmm. ooh, it's such a it's such a bad feeling to want to end your own life. Yeah. And it's nothing to play around with. I know people people play around it and people say it just for no reason or just to be manipulative and stuff like that. But that's a real bad feeling to want to give up on yourself. And I never ever want to go back to that place. I'm so thankful that, you know, I'm, I'm where I am to help other people get out. And it's just, it's been a journey. I thank God I am where I am right now. You just got to have that faith that God's going to do it. And no matter what, no matter what come against you, you got to have that faith. I'm talking about unwavering faith. I don't, care, I don't care what other people believe in. Can't nobody tell me. Now, you you believe what you believe in. You manifest. You do whatever you want to to the universe. The universe never done nothing for me. I believe that God is, is, you know, the author and the finisher. And he has done more than enough. And I'm a, I feel like I'm preaching, so I'm going to no, go ahead. Stop. I have the wisdom. I get so excited for how we're going to be at 30 and at 40 and at 50 because we're like this now. So if we got right. faith like this now, <laughs> and we're moving like God telling us to move now, we gonna change the world. Like <laughs> <laughs> literally, literally. You mentioned earlier that you know you wish you could do more, girl. You're doing just enough. Like God is gonna continue to explain, expand your platform. He's gonna continue to give you more things to do. He's gonna continue to elevate you. But as long as you stay obedient to what you're doing right now in this season, you're gonna be fine. I know it. Like I, I felt that you had nobody could tell me different because I felt that I felt the passion and the pain and the struggle through your voice. And I pray that someone else could hear it or see it because this will be visual as well. But girl, I'm just so proud. I'm just so proud. Like we could talk all day about what you've done and what you're gonna do, but I feel like the story that you just shared is 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 a great is a great starting point. You know, I feel like it's just enough. You've said so much that people can take and just apply to their lives, and no matter what their age is. You know, I feel like another thing we're doing right now is letting people know you don't have to be a certain age to love God. I went True. I went through that in college. I, I I knew God before I, I rededicated my life to Christ after graduating. You sure did. You but sure did. I knew him, but <laughs> I, it, girl, it's crazy because you're saying it like you know for sure I knew him, but it's crazy <laughs> because my faith wasn't the same though. Like it was like, yeah, I talked about God. Like even my line sisters with AKA was I would be the one that pray, or me and my other line sister that you know she you know talked about God a lot too, but. I didn't really just get a relationship. You know, like, perfect example. You can know somebody. You can know of somebody, but not Mm -hmm. know them. I knew of God in college, but I got to know him Mm -hmm. after I graduated. And that Mm -hmm. just changed the game for me. So (laughs) I said that to say that 
in college, I had those moments where I was like, okay, I can't talk about God too much because that's kind of uncool. You can't can't be doing all that. You know, that's that's mm-hmm. lame. You know, you you know. <laughs> no, I had a little reputation. You know, like I was like, I, I maybe you know, every now and then, put it yeah. in there, take it out. But God convicted me of that after I graduated. He said, don't ever be afraid to mention my name. Mm-hmm. Don't be, ever be afraid to say you you want to pray. You want to do this. You want. Right. You don't want to do this or that because. I am your God forever and always. And I mm-hmm. want to encourage anybody, I feel led to say this to someone listening that may be our age or may be in college right now, who's a little bit younger. Don't be afraid to say God is God and to put him right. in your life. You don't have to do everything everybody else is doing in college because college is mm-hmm. a lot of temptation too. Went through a lot. I went through a lot of identity phases in college. And it's mm-hmm. crazy there's so much stuff you didn't see because you only saw me at... Um, at Rosie McCoy, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. like but it was so many moments that a lot of people didn't see that I was going through. And I was really good at putting on a mask. I was really, mm-hmm. good. I was really good at making it seem like everybody's okay. If you ask, if you ask my classmate how it was, they're going to say something similar to what you said, but they wouldn't know the other stuff. Wow. And I'm not afraid to mm-hmm. share it because that's my truth. And that's what I've been through. But I don't want anybody to do what I did and just put a mask on. Don't just put a face on. Be you all the time and live your truth. Don't be secretly having panic attacks in your dorm room, crying, mm-hmm. wiping your tears and getting on the shuttle to come to the campus. You know what I'm saying? Because that's mm-hmm. what I was doing. Girl, it was mm-hmm. crazy. And you, I, mm-hmm. I didn't tell about it. Like, you're, you're one of the first college college friends that I'm actually revealing this to. Because I, I haven't even told people. Of course, Christmas. But nobody from Jackson State even know I was going through that. It's it's easy. And that's that's another thing. Like when you were talking about your sister, we don't know the signs. Y'all wouldn't have mm-hmm. known mine either. You wouldn't have known. And it's so crazy. Good at disguising it. <laughs> it's so crazy that you say that because I remember, I remember you being, um, I didn't even have the mental health, the mental health background that I had, but I remember you being kind of anxious. I just remember. I just remember that, and I remember you would get so frustrated when you were trying to, you know, say what you needed to say. Yeah. And you know, with people, people would kind of laugh, you know. But I was never one of the ones to make fun of people, you know. Yeah. People would kind of laugh, and I'm like, she's passionate. She only, she's only feeling this way because she's passionate, and she, she probably can't explain it the way that you know she wanted to, and people not taking it. And I, I noticed that you, that you were always one of the ones that were different. You were always one of the ones who. You if you meant what you said, you know, <laughs> when you said something, you meant it, nobody could change your mind. And I, I really appreciate that you were that way. Even though that you were you were struggling with what um you were struggling with, you know, you still was you nobody could tell me that Oriana was about to go out here and do something kill somebody or something. Yeah. yeah, like do something because I knew even though we weren't the we weren't the closest ones, you know. We weren't hanging out every day, but I just knew that it was something about you that stood out from everybody. I mean, it was you and a couple of ones, but you were so passionate. And I, I can appreciate that passion. And, and that's my only word to describe you, Oriana, is passionate. Because, <laughs> because you was just like, you, you, you knew what you wanted. And I knew that you were having some type of struggles. And I thought that you were, you were shy. Yeah, I thought that you were a shy person, you know, but I knew that you, you, it's just the way that you express yourself, yeah. you, I don't, you know, and I was like, dang, 
she is so passionate about it. And people would be like, oh, oh, yeah, I'm sensitive. I'm like, no, she's not sensitive. Mm-hmm. She just, she just wanted because you know we were, we had our spats. You know, you know we had our spats, girl. Right, let me see. But you know, not me and you personally, but us as uh-uh. a yeah, as a group, we had our spats. But you were just so adamant about what you wanted, you know, and what you what you were gonna do. And I just want to encourage you, you know, to keep going, like. I see your lives at seven o'clock in the morning when I'm getting ready. I might not always come in or something, but I'm listening. And it's such an inspiration to you, you know, to to be um, young and to be unapologetic about being a Christian. You know, it's it's so good to see that because like you said, in college, people ain't thinking about that, you know, and people not worried about going to church and stuff like that. But you, you really inspire me and you inspire others too. You may not get all of the likes and all of the, you know, but that doesn't matter. Yeah. But I don't, um, I don't know how many people tune in. You know, I know the few seconds that I'm on. And, but that doesn't matter. You yeah. doing what you need to do and you, you know, you killing it, girl. God is so yeah. proud of you. And I'm so godly proud of you, girl. Yeah. Like, I know you brought me on, but girl, I had to. Tell you because you do inspire me. And when you ask for the prayer request, I'm like, this girl is praying for people. Like she's out here. Girl, doing it. Prayer is that one thing that the enemy can't intercede with. And I feel like people forget that, like, he can't mess with you while you on your knees praying. While you talking to God, the Mm -hmm. enemy can't do nothing. He can try to do some stuff around you, but when you get guarded in prayer. Girl, he, he just got to wait. He got to wait until you say amen yes. to attack you again. And God is giving you so much power, so much strength, so much abilities to do something through that prayer that when you do get mm-hmm. up, he ain't going to come that quick because you you just got, you just finished talking to your daddy. So he know you good <laughs> right now. He know you won't fool. And, um, I, I just get so passionate about it, but it came it came from it came from the low moments that I thank God for, and I and I admire your admiration, Nick. I really do because I I'm proud of all of us. Like I know I don't follow everybody, but I feel like mm-hmm. it's funny because we used to joke about Facebook. I don't know if you was a part of this, but I remember it was some people um, in college. We used to joke about Facebook. <laughs> we used to joke like, man, Facebook for old people. I ain't gonna be on Facebook. You know, I do Instagram. <laughs> You know, I don't put all my Yeah, I remember that era. Facebook. Girl, I'll be up on Facebook keeping up with everybody. Girl, yeah, that's the only way. I saw you talk about your like, And I'm thankful now for Facebook because now I can say, even if I haven't talked to y'all in a year, I know how you doing from what you post. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, 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 I really talk about it up and down. And now we the main ones on Facebook checking on each other. All the time, girl. All the time, girl. <laughs> girl. It was one thing that you had made a post about back during the pandemic. I don't even know if you remember this, but you was talking about the convenience store. And you was talking about how you had to... <laughs> 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 and I'm not... In... Please, y'all, people, for, for those of y'all listening, we about to wrap up the show. I'm just telling y'all a little funny story before we end. But uh, for those of y'all listening, do not do what me did. But I'm just going to share it because it was so funny. She said... That, um, the person at the convenience store quit. So the person quit. They were doing the, uh, the snowstorm. Oh, yeah, the snowstorm. Okay, the snowstorm. The person quit, and you you needed your stuff. 
So you had worked on a you had worked at a convenience store before, so you knew what to do. You knew how to work the register. So you went behind the counter and worked the register, and you did it for yourself. But everybody else was like, "I need stuff too." So you basically ended up working for free for like a good a good minute before somebody came. A good factory girl. That was the best lab I had in a long time on social media. <laughs> so hard, like I laughed so hard. I was like, "Oh my god!" I can't my sister went behind. She had to serve herself. She said she needed what she needed. Like she, I didn't want to steal. I did not want to steal. God, you. And my friends was like, "You so good. You you so stay. They always call me the good person. They was like, "You so good. You wanted to check out." I was like, "Yes. I did not want to steal at all, and I didn't want other people to steal." God used you even in that moment, like. Because if yeah. you think about it, if you would have stole, everybody else would have done it. But since you mm -hmm. got registered and was like, no, let's put our money in this cashier, let's get our gas and, and put it in, you know, do whatever to do whatever you do, do that. Right. That started a, a domino effect that everybody else was they they were obedient. They stayed in line mm -hmm. still and you checked everybody mm -hmm. out accordingly. Girl, <laughs> even though it was funny, I still used you even in that moment, mm -hmm. you know, because mm -hmm. you like I said, you could have went left or right and you decide to go the way God wants you to go. Girl, yes, ma'am. Like <laughs> the funniest story. Every time I do an episode now, I think I saw it is on season two. And it's so funny that I don't even realize I'm gonna go to a new season until I get on a get on a show with the guests or I'm preparing and God'll be like, all right, mm -hmm. it's time. So literally as I was preparing for this with you today, he told me that this is time for season three. So I started off with the question of, you know, what is a non wicked Christian to you? And I want to end with the question, um, what, what are you doing? We, we, we discussed your journey and things of that. Mm -hmm. So let's end it with, what are you doing as a non wicked Christian to bring other people to Christ? My mama always told me, let the life you live speak for you. Mm. So if you if you're just just living, people will notice that. Yeah. People will see that. Yeah. If you, you know, even during your times where you may fall or where you may, you know, sin and you have to get back, people need to see that. Yeah. I know everybody wants to be the perfect Christian, but people need to see that it's okay for you to fall and get back up again. Yes, In the words of I, I love Dunn McCurkin. It, it you know, it's all it says is we fall down but we get up. Yes. But when he says a saint is just a sinner who fell down and got back up, like that's all you got to do. Yeah. And that that's I don't have a ministry per se. You know, I'm kind of shy with you know the way like the way you do things, but it's just the way the way that you live. And me being, I think me being transparent on social media, showing my struggles and my um you know high moments yeah that's that's what that's what people need people need to see that god can use even the lowest person god can use anybody you know and so sharing with people living living the life that i lead um live and I always encouraging somebody i don't care if i have a million things going on you and you like I don't know. You would never believe that I have strangers, people that I've never spoken to, and they just inbox me or 
you know, call me or get my number from somewhere like, hey, I need this and I seen you do this. And I'm like, what, what is going on? Like, I don't even I know you. <laughs> yeah, so like just living that life and being, being, staying for something, standing for something, even if nobody's standing with you. Mm. I think that's a, that's a good quality that I have because I don't care what other people doing. I'm going to do what I know to do, you know. So doing that, staying in my word, um, I'm on this challenge to read the Bible every, uh, the whole Bible in 365. Y'all, people, we we should try that um, because it's, it's uh, the version app, you know. Yeah, you that's can right. add friends that's on there. I start my day off with the version app. Yeah, <laughs> that you can you can read the Bible in a year and you and your friends can come in and kind of have like a conversation about it. So the, getting in that word, um actually helped me to help other people too but like just living the life that that i live and showing people that it's okay to fall because i haven't always been perfect i've done some shameful things like and i'm still not perfect i'm still your your walk with with christ it is every like it's something that you do every day you know it's it's not just one decision and boom you a good christian you got to make your decision every day that i'm gonna do this walk yeah, so doing those things and, and being, just being transparent and being open and always, always accepting people, accepting those phone calls. But sometimes you got to say no. Yeah. yeah as a mental health professional, to, I got to tell you to say Learning no. how to say no, learning how to let go. You know, there's yeah. letting go of friends and things of that nature. It's all a part of it. It's a, it's a I tell people the relationship with Christ is active if you don't have an mm-hmm. active relationship with christ where you're going through something like if you're the same person you was when you first gave your life to christ two years later or even a year or even six months later something not right you should be yeah. all the time your life should look different things you do people who are around you everything should be different changing um adding and subtracting in your life that's how you know god mm-hmm. is. but if it's the same way Somebody ain't do something, and it was you. Because <laughs> God did his part. You just wasn't obedient to do your part. So through this platform, I want to get Christians on here that are continuing to do, continuing mm-hmm. to do. And I know months from now, years from now, it's going to be something that you've done where I'm be like, I got to bring her back on the show. I got to bring her back on the show. <laughs> got to add this part of her life. She got to talk about this because God has taken us to yet another level. And girl, mm-hmm. like you said, we're going to continue to elevate. We're going to continue to grow. So... Neek, I'm just so proud. As as I've said, it, it, man, I'm so <laughs> I don't want you to give up. I'm so thankful that you took time out to speak with me today. Um, I started this maybe like in my fifth episode of doing Don't Be a Creepy Christian where I felt led to pray before I end the episode. And I want to do the same thing to you. And then you can go on about your beautiful day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ready? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Father God, we come to you right now, first and foremost, saying thank you. Thank you for this time. Thank you for reconnecting me with my scene sister, Neek, Lord. I appreciate the admiration she's had over our experience at um, Jackson State, the memories that we've had, Lord. I think that thank you for me not only getting her professional journey and learning tips about that, but also learning about her personal journey and how she's really grown closer to you than ever before, Lord. Lord, I pray that we can continue to be advocates for you, that we can continue to be Christ representatives, Lord, that we can continue to be modern day 
disciples, Lord, and we continue to walk down this path of righteousness, Lord. I know that it always won't be easy. I know that it always won't be popular, Lord, but help us to fight, Lord. Fight for the word. Fight for you. Fight for the good, Lord. Fight for the betterment of everyone coming to that gate one day, Lord, and you saying, well done, my child, Lord. When I want to when I want to slip back and when I want to fall, when I do fall, as Nick has mentioned, we're going to fall, we're going to sin, we're going to fall short. Lord, help us to get back up. Help us to not grow weary and faint, Lord. Help us to keep going. Give us the strength we need on days that we think that we don't have anything to give the world, Lord. And Lord, I cast off all the depression and the anxiety and the panic attacks that's going to try to attack us, Lord, the, the things that the enemy is going to try to put in our way. We've already won. Even if we experience those things, we've already won, Lord. I speak to those listening that may be going through some mental issues right now, Lord. They may be going through some things where they don't know where their life is going to go, Lord. It may be some people that went to college like us and they're looking at their friends' face, but they're looking on Instagram and their friends look like they're so successful. And they are in a pitfall, Lord. They're, they're at a crosswords. They don't know what they want to do, Lord. I pray that this is the perfect time that they choose you over the world. They choose to grow with you, yeah. Lord. Just like I did in that moment, I chose you over depression. Lord, I pray someone listening chooses you over it as well, Lord. I pray that they use this as a moment to open your word and to seek you, Lord. I pray they use this as a moment, like Nick said, to journal. Put all your thoughts out on the journal. And Lord, just let you take control, Lord. I pray above all lord as well as putting you in control that the second thing we do for self-care is seek therapy seek these professionals yes. that are out here in this mental health field if we feel like we're feeling off that we don't just listen to the world of saying that you're okay just go lay down or you're okay just pray no that we put faith behind our works lord and we seek the help that you created you bless these people yes. to have these degrees to have this education to be in this field lord so i pray we seek them lord we don't worry about if we don't have the finance we don't worry about our situation we don't worry about our environment but we take the first step and know that you're going to provide lord i want to thank you for knowing that you're going to provide and for you already doing so much already lord i thank you for the power of the tongue i thank you for manifestation lord i thank you that you can give us the desires of our heart lord and they'd be greater than what we thought the world could ever give us lord i pray that whoever's listening to this today chooses you over the world and know that it's the mm -hmm. best decision that they could ever make. It won't be easy. It won't be easy. It will be difficult. It will be a journey, Lord. But like I said, it will be worth it, Lord. So I just thank you again for my seeing sister Neek here, Lord, my sister in Christ, Lord. I thank you for her story. I thank you for giving um, us this platform to share, Lord. And I just pray that we continue to give it all to you because you're in control and that our future mm -hmm. is greater than our biggest imaginations because we're putting you first. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. All right, y'all, so that was Neek, a beautiful woman of Christ, my sing sister, my sister in Christ. I pray y'all enjoyed that episode, and I will see y'all on the next one of Don't Be a Wimpy Christian. Y'all stay blessed. I love y'all.